Welcome to the Small Business Surgeon Podcast, the show where we dissect the businesses of top producers, examine their growth strategies, and share with you the bare bones of their success. I am your host, Samuel Smith, and I'm glad you're here. Let's operate. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode of the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. And today, guys, we are in the presence of a real-life superstar, somebody I look up to as an industry leader. Uh, today's guest has built five multi-million dollar businesses and has over $2 billion in sales revenues. But not only that, he's the best-selling author of the book, Be The One, and the host of the Be The One live event, as well as a multitude of other talents. Please welcome the show, Justin Prince. Sam, honored to be on, brother. Thanks for uh, making this happen. Man, thank you for coming and taking the time to talk to the audience, Justin. It's a, a real treat to have you here today. I was no idea how to introduce you because your resume is like, it's like a CVS receipt, dude. It is so long. Um, yeah, how, how long did it take you to become Justin Prince? Because uh, I, I see you've got like quite a track record. Yeah, you know, Huh. you know it's one of those things where it's like it's like uh you see someone in the after picture you know mm -hmm. and, and you don't realize maybe some of the journey that that or where the big before picture started but you know i started came from a, a kind of a middle class family uh my folks got divorced when i was 12 i was my mom's oldest when, I, when she married my dad they he had two kids i was my mom's oldest so i i moved in with my mom i was the oldest at home with my mom through those those teenage years we moved 13 times in the seven years through the teenage years oh wow yeah, I have no formal education. I never finished. I finished like a semester and a half of college. Uh, I have really no professional background. My professional background was making pizzas, uh, doing <laughs> mindless construction work. And then I worked at a mall kiosk. I was the guy that <laughs> that you would try and avoid at the mall. You know, you try to not make eye contact with because I worked at a mall kiosk. I was selling there's, animated Bible videos. There's like a rule. You can't get within so many uh, floor tiles of them. If you walk That's within exactly three right. floor tiles, yeah. yeah. They'll, they'll suck you in, you know? So <laughs> That's how it works. I, I, uh, <laughs> I always had big dreams and big goals, but I, you know, really didn't have kind of the uh, pedigree or the education or the professional background where you'd be like, oh, he's going to be successful, you know? Mm -hmm. Um my first business failed. I was 25, started this first business, uh, started first part-time and then build up to ours full-time. And then it failed. And it, it put me kind of in a really precarious financial situation. I was behind on credit cards, behind on taxes. And right, slow down. Let me, let me slow you down a minute. Let me, because <laughs> the, I, I, the whole concept of the show is, is like, we all look like overnight successes on social media, but it takes 20, 25 years of hard work to become yeah. an, what's perceived as an overnight success. And we got a lot of younger listeners uh, all in their 20s now that are on that journey you were on when your business failed. So what happened to get you into entrepreneurship? What was that spark that, that took you from construction sites and the mall kiosk to, you know, I can do this myself. And then what happened on that first go? Because a lot of people quit after their first go and, yeah, and you, yeah. you didn't. Yeah. Uh, I think a couple things got me into the game. Uh, my dad has been in real estate my whole life. So he was a land developer, home builder kind of thing my whole right. life. And so uh, I remember many nights come on up to like get a drink of water. For example, it's like 1145 at night. And my dad's there in his yellow legal pad, like sketching out, you know, doing all his math and doing, you know, sketching out his, his projects. So my point is I was watching him work not normal hours Right. And then I remember he would come to like my basketball games at three in the afternoon, you know, and I was mm -hmm. like, huh. So he, he didn't have a normal schedule. He was kind of more of a, a, a row your own boat schedule. Right. And I remember thinking, 
that I kind of wanted to do that same thing, like just be in control of my schedule and be in control of my life, you know, and be able to be where I wanted to be. Uh, so I think that bug was planted early. Uh, I remember when I was first introduced to sales. Uh, so I'm selling these, these videos out of a mall kiosk. The way that it worked is you would rent your space at this uh -huh. kiosk. So in other words, it was all commission. So if you didn't sell, not only did you not make money, but you actually paid rent. So like, in other words, you, in essence, lost money. You went in debt right. for that day. Yeah. And uh, so I remember I, I I probably worked seven or eight shifts in a row. Uh, and so I was in debt about this $50 per session. So I made no money and I'm like $350, $400, you know, in the hole. That's crazy. Which at the time felt, you know, felt astronomical. I remember I still lived at my, this is, I'm young. That, that, that was astronomical. Like yeah. when was it like mid nineties? That was a lot of money. Yeah. Like well, late, early 2000s, that, particularly like, at that time, you know, uh, when I was, uh, uh, I was living at my mom's house. I was living literally at my mom's house at this point. I'm, I'm not, I'm, I'm not married, you know? Anyway, I remember I came home and I, I, I kind of threw my sales bag down and I go, I suck at sales, mom. I suck at this. And she goes, you know, like a supportive, you know, encouraging mom would. She's like, no, you're, I'm sure you're, you're great. And I go, no, I go, mom, I go, I suck at this. I go, well, should I just get a job that I, they would pay you, you know, for example, eight bucks an hour, but at least I know if I work, I get paid this job. If I don't sell anything, I don't make any money. And I just was like all resentful of this, like all commission thing. And uh, I remember reading a book called rich dad, poor dad. I when I was 22, mm -hmm. that's one of those great kind of classic, you know, build your business kind of books. And he said one of his, his, uh, there was two things that stood out. One was mind your own business. Mm-hmm you know, this idea of, 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 of running your own business. So that really implanted. The second one was this, he said, what poor people do is they have income and they had an arrow down to the word expenses, income down to expenses. He says they make money, pay bills. And I remember thinking that's not what poor people do. Cause that's what I do. You know, I made money and pay <laughs> bills, you know? And I didn't think I, I didn't consider myself poor. Like I thought poor was like, you live under the viaduct or something like that. Right. You know? Right. And, and then he said, what rich people do is he had the word income and an arrow down to the word assets. And then he had from the word assets down to the word expenses. And he, his definition of an asset is something that generates cash for you, even if you don't exchange time and effort. And I remember thinking to myself, man, what if you had enough, like, you know, passive asset cash flow coming in each month that you're not exchanging time and effort for that could pay all your bills? Like, dude, you'd be like totally free, you know? And so th those two concepts, I think, kind of shook me up. So when I was 25, I was uh, introduced to my first business. What actually happened, this is part of the reason it was so frustrating, is uh, we were marketing a nutritional product, but the, the overall company that we were marketing it for, that company went out of business. So in other words, all my business was toasted right? because yeah. theirs was, you know? And so um, when that happened, you know, I was in a, like I said, a kind of a precarious financial situation. It was below zero financially. I was back on credit cards, back on taxes. And, you know, you asked the question, it's a great question. Like, why did I keep going? I remember sitting at my kitchen table and literally had like grown man tears rolling in my face. Cause at this point I had a little, a little family. I had uh, my son was, and then my, my, uh, we would have been, we would have just barely had a newborn little girl. So I had like all the pressures of a father at this point, right, had, right. you know, like I, I, I had, uh, you know, you had a life that you're trying to keep up, pay the bills, keep things going. And so I just like, I, cr I sat there and cried, you know, cause I put so much into this business and, you know, so much of your think, reputation. I don't think, every, I don't think everybody realizes that if there hasn't been a few times as an entrepreneur where you've just sat there and cried that you haven't really been an entrepreneur, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, I think it happens to everybody. It's just, it's, it's part of that learning curve. 
I've had a few of them, dude, for sure. I've had a mm-hmm. few of those where you, you know, you feel the pressure. I, you know, I'll share this. I, I, I call it a 3 a.m. gut fulls of stress. I've, I've woken up many, 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 many times at 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Just you can't go back to bed. You got a gut full of stress, you know, because your, your brain's trying to solve all the problems that you got in your freaking business. And you're trying to like think about how do I do this and all the stresses and all the pressures. And so that is part of the game. That is part of, of the journey is that it's not always just a straight line and it's not always easy. Um, but I, for me, you know, I'm willing to take that, that pressure because of the, the, the freedom on the other side, you know, the potential freedom on the other side. And, uh, I, I don't know if I could go work at a cubicle every single day and just punch <laughs> the clock and have some, I just, I just like, my the way that I'm wired or my like my my spirit or whatever would just it just wouldn't work. And so it's one of those things where you kind of have to you've heard this before and it's it's kind of an ism. And so it's one of the repeated things, but it, it really is kind of true. It's like you kind of have to pick your heart or choose your heart. Like, yeah, it's hard to be broke. It's hard to be rich. You got to kind of pick which one. It's hard to be in good shape. It's hard to be in bad shape. Mm-hmm. You got to kind of pick which one. It's it's hard to build a successful career in life, but it's hard to live a life that, you know, is dictated by everybody else. So you just got to kind of pick your heart. Uh, but man, I would rather fight for your dreams, fight for your goals, fight for your family, fight for your finances, fight for your future. I'm willing to fight that fight all day long. You're absolutely right. I mean, either way, we've got to wake up in the morning and and, and go leave the cave and, and, and kill something and drag it home and eat it. We've got to fight every day. So you might as well pick what you like fighting at. I uh, said that many times. And absolutely it, it, but i i'd rather fight the gym and be fit and old than be fat and old and i'm, I'm gonna get old anyway you know it's exactly right that, that's that's how it works man so that first business it, it didn't go too bad and it didn't go too well at the end there um and you've got this spirit you're like me you like you don't you don't see yourself punching a clock so what was the transition like to start in the next business and how did you how did you pull your boots up and, and go do yeah. it so again, it's a great question. I, 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 to me, it was just this like deductive math, you know, logic of like, all right, so what are your other options, dude? You know, you're not gonna, you're not gonna, I knew I wasn't gonna sit in a cubicle all day long. I just was, it just, I'm not knocking the person that, that does. I just wasn't me. And so I thought, okay, what's your other options? It's like, you gotta, you gotta get back up on the horse. You got bucked off. Like you gotta dust yourself off, pick out the gravel out of your wounds and get back on and go again. Mm -hmm. And at that point I had moved my pregnant wife and our two kids into the loft of my wife's parents' garage. So I have my two kids sleep in the closet. I go create, I go start two part-time jobs. One I did throughout the week and the one I did on the weekend. And then, uh, and then I started another business. So the business was kind of like, you know, kind of like the long-term strategy where mm-hmm. these two jobs were like the short-term strategy right, keeps right. the flow and just started, just started grinding on that thing and just pressing on it and pressing on it and pressing on it. And that, you know, I thought it would take me a couple months. It took me basically two years to get oh, to a wow. point where, I, where that business could you know sustain and, and hold the weight. And, you know, even then, even then, like I ended up selling that business and it was a, it was a, you know, that was, a, that was a good sell. But even then I, I, it wasn't, until my next business that was the really 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 big win and all of that was preparation you know there's that old saying that says i believe it was lavelle edwards that said it originally he's a, he's a famous uh, football coach he said it's better to have uh, to be prepared and not have opportunity than to have opportunity and not be prepared 
Absolutely. So one thing that I would encourage your listeners, particularly a younger listener, particularly, but again, this is for all of us. It's like, what if all of this stuff is right now that you're going through is actually just all preparation. It's like the failure is not final. The failure is fertilizer and your success grows and all this fertilizer of the failure that you're going through all these kind of these challenges and grind. And because there's really three sections to it, there's dream struggle, victory. Mm -hmm. And Sam, what's interesting is what we want is like big, huge dreams, which we get to choose those. That's the cool thing about living, you know, uh, particularly in the United States or in free nations around the world is you get to define or choose your dream. But then the struggle is equal to or commensurate to the size of the dream. So in other words, if you have a big dream, you sign yourself up for a struggle that's equal to the size of the dream, mm -hmm. but then a victory equal to the size of the struggle. So you say, well, I don't want a big struggle. That's okay too. You just have to have a small dream, but then you'll have small victories. So you get to choose their commensurate. So what if right now this struggle that you're going through, I tell people, man, uh, the bigger the struggle, the bigger the story, the bigger the struggle, the louder the applause when you cross the stage because you overcame all of this stuff, all these mm -hmm. things. And, you know, the bigger the struggle, the more inspiring it is when people hear what you what you know, what you did and how you did it. So that's kind of my thoughts on all this is just as I look back now, I had these big dreams. I didn't want a big struggle, but the struggle was commensurate. And then the victory has been commensurate, you know? And so it's been a, it's been a really incredible journey. Well, man, just to watch it and just to see it uh, and see what you do now and how you inspire thousands of people. Um, can we speak on that for a little bit? Cause I know, um, I know we're tied on time today, so I want to kind of rush through this, but talk to us for a minute about your book, uh, be the one and the message that you put out now to the audience. Yeah. So it's this idea of, of be the one that lives a life and be the one that writes a story that future generations of kids that are yet unborn know your story. And so the first thing you'll notice is the book's not called Become the One. In other words, it's not something that you have to do to become this person. You are the one. Mm -hmm. If you were to take your parents, your grandparents, your great-grandparents, your great-grandparents over the last 12 generations, the last 12 generations is about 400 years and it was 4,094 people over the last 400 years that came together from literally all over the earth mm -hmm. that lived and bled and died and sacrificed and had wins and had losses and had triumphs and had failures, all of that so that you would exist. You are the one. You are the one they worked for. You are the one. This is your moment. Like life is short. Uh, Marcus Aurelius, the last and the fifth and last great Roman emperor said memento mori, which means mm -hmm. meditate on mortality. Remember, remind yourself this whole thing's not going to last forever. You got to go for your, your dreams and goals. So you are the one, you're the one they did it for, but you're also the one that the future generations of kids that are yet unborn in that, in your posterity, look up into their family lineage and they say it was him or it was mm -hmm. her. She's the one. And my invitation or my challenge to people is number one is to identify yourself and remind yourself that you are the one. And when you see yourself that way, you start making different decisions because success is an identity process. And you'll never outperform the way you see yourself. So you remind yourself, I'm the one. Second thing is this, be the one today. Be the one that has the courage. Be the one that has the faith. Be the one that has the resilience. Go be the one that gets up when they get knocked down, go be the one that sets the example, go be the one that sets the pace. And it's that challenge to be the one that you were designed and born to be. I fully understand that. And this might be a bit of a loaded question. <clears throat> so I'm a huge believer in I am statements and manifesting and writing everything down. 
And it's been a long journey to get where I'm at. Imagine you were at the beginning of that journey, like somebody listening to the show. Say, how do you understand what the one looks like in order to become that? Yeah, you know, uh, to, this kind of goes back to what we just said. It's this idea of, of creating your new identity. I was talking to a, a woman that I coached yesterday. She's she's built a multi-million dollar business, but she, where I'm talking to her and she's like, she's making in her business, she's making, you know, a, 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 a six to multiple six figure a year reoccurring revenue income. Mm -hmm. And I told her, I said, sister, you're not a six figure, multiple six figure person. You're a million dollar year person. Like that's just who you are. And she goes, I just don't see myself as that. Well, I told her, I go, that's, that's how I see you is I see you as the seven figure person. Mm -hmm. uh, if you've ever, if you've ever hiked, like if you've ever hiked up a mountain or a hiked up a hill, once you get to the top, you have a new vantage point, right? So it gives you a new, a new vantage point to look at things. And so sometimes when you get on top of the one hill or the one mountain, you're like, oh, there's mountains higher than the one I'm on, or there's mm -hmm. mountains over here that I, I couldn't see when I was at the bottom because all I could see was my my, pers my perspective was just to see the first one. But now that I'm here, I can see that one and this one and that one and over here and new angles to look at life. And I share that with you to say, sometimes your identity starts to become aware to you as you go, you start making the progress now, like take action now. Like I tell people, particularly when people are stuck, there's two questions I encourage them to ask. Question number one is, what attitude shift can I make right now that would move me towards my goal? And I like to start with attitude because Sam, you don't have to sell something to change your attitude. You don't have to get a new client. You don't have to hire a new consultant. Like nothing has to happen for us to shift our attitude. Our attitude Absolutely. is how much passion am I going to show up with right now? How much mm -hmm. energy am I going to show up with right now? Like how much enthusiasm, how much resilience, how much courage? That stuff we can just decide and just go and be like show up with more energy. And to underline that, how much does that cost? Exactly. Nothing. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Then the second part is what next physical action can I take to move me closer to my goal? So physical mm -hmm. action would be like, it's not just like, I'm going to sit here and think about it. It's like, I'm going to send the email. I'm going to make the call. I'm going to do the follow-up. I'm going to uh, take the step. I'm going to reach out to the person. I'm going to say, I'm sorry. Like what's the next physical action. And then what, once you do that one, do the next one. Do the next one, do the next one. And what happens is you create momentum. Momentum is a secret to life. And momentum can start to help you start to create a, like a new identity. Like my identity is what kind of fitness level do I want to keep myself at? What kind of spiritual relationship do I want to have? What kind of marriage do I want to have or, or you know, uh, uh, intimate relationship? Like what kind of life do I want to live? Like how, where do I want to live? Like most of us live our entire life in a world of reaction to distraction versus a world of intentional creation. And what I share with people is that you are here to create. You're not here to react. You're here to create. And most of us, you know, we consume content versus create content. We, mm -hmm. we, we react to the world versus create the world. And you can literally create and design an extraordinary life. That's what I teach that, by the way, in the book, I teach the, the tactical steps to do this. So it's not just like an inspirational book. It's a book that's actually practical of like, here's how you actually go create and design an extraordinary and live an extraordinary life. Man, that's so prolific that like you you're you're talking about designing the life and then going and living it. What do you think it is that that blocks people from receiving this knowledge? Like, because since I started doing it, my life's been insane. I have to pinch myself some days at just how 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 great things are, are working out because I write it down on a piece of paper and I go do it. 
why do you think people struggle with just even starting to get started? And what is it that they can do that will maybe jumpstart them into believing that they can create their own lives? Yeah, look, I think a lot of it is going back, it's identity. So mm -hmm. James Clear wrote um, the book, uh, Atomic Habits. It's mm -hmm. kind of a famous yeah. book on habits and goal setting. And he said that uh, there was two boys. One of them stole the candy. And they said to the first child, did you steal the candy? And the little boy said, I didn't steal it. And they said to the second child, did you steal the candy? The little boy said, I don't steal. Mm -hmm. I don't steal is a different identity than I didn't steal that particular piece of candy. It's yes. like, I'm a hard worker is different than like, I worked hard. I don't drink is different than I didn't drink that particular, you know, drink. Mm -hmm. Yeah. The point is, is you start creating new identities of like, I'm a winner. You're never, if you see yourself as a loser, you're not going to show up and play and pay the price that a winner would pay. If you see yourself as a winner, you're not going to roll over and quit like a loser would. Like you start to like just update your identity. That's the first thing. Second yes. thing is Aristotle says, excellence is not an act. It's a habit. He says, therefore you are what you repeatedly do. One of the things I think stops us is we, um, we get a lot into our, the mistakes that we've made you know, all the stupid stuff that we've done, you know, it, was, <laughs> it basically was like below who we are, you know, right, it's like, right. like we weren't being our best self. And I tell people, listen, what you did is not who you are, mm -hmm. but what you repeatedly do is who you are. Right. Right. And so you want to design new habits, new routines. So I'll give you just a quick, I'll give you a couple of quick ones. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah. The first, and by the way, start with 10 minutes. If you can't do an hour, but the first hour of your day, uh, avoid your phone. Avoid your phone okay. for the first hour of the day. Now, when I say avoid your phone, uh, that means no text, no email, no social, no responding to your phone. Right. No, no responding at all. In fact, if you say, "Well, my phone's my my alarm," set it. If it's an alarm, set it in a whole separate room, or go buy a, a net new alarm. But no mm -hmm. phone in your room, so your phone's in a separate room. Uh, but avoid your phone. What happens to most people, according to research, the very first thing we touch is our phone. Second thing we touch is coffee. Third thing we touch is our toothbrush. We we're instantly reacting to the stresses of the world, to the politics yeah. of the world, to the social media of the world, to everyone else's agenda, everyone else's philosophies before we've like taken time to like pour into our own mind, you know, like the weeds grow automatically, the negativity, the doubt, the fear, the discouragement that grows automatically. You got to proactively, you know, plant the flowers. Yeah. So that's yeah. the first thing. Second thing I would encourage you to do is the first, at least 10 minutes of the day is to pour something positive into your mind. Mm -hmm. And so uh, you say, well, how am I going to do that without the phone? You can do it obviously through a kind of like a prayer meditation thing. You can do it through reading. Um, I will do it through, through audible, like through, through uh, auto. So I, I, when I go to my phone, I, I built the discipline to not go to text, not go to email, not go to social. Uh, I go right to like audible and I have a, a a book that I've already set up the night before. So it's a, I'm pouring positive into my mind, right. I'm pouring good stuff in my mind. And uh, your mind works on wave cycles. Your brain works on wave cycles and you're the most re rested early in the morning. And mm -hmm. so what happens is I think it's 10.3 wave cycles per second early in the morning. And what happens is, as you listen, you want to listen with what I call relaxed belief. Mm -hmm. believing that it's possible for you where you're pouring positive in. So you're getting some positive into the mind. You're nourishing the brain. You're getting some like belief systems of like, I got what it takes. So that's, yeah. again, it's, it's habits and routines. And the third thing I would say is this, is you want to do something. I know you hear this stuff. I know we hear this stuff, but I'm telling you, avoid your phone, 10 minutes a day of positive, 
uh, the next thing I would say is something with your body. So you, you, yeah. you got to move your body, dude. Like you could set your clock uh, to my kind of fitness routine. You literally like, so dude, I'm, I, uh, you can tell looking at you. Well, I, <laughs> you I, know? Don't know about, <laughs> I don't know about that, but I, um, I'm 20. What would that be now? 27 years in a row, 27 years where I've worked out four or five damn times a day for 27 years in a row. And I, and I don't say that to boast or to brag or to like that. I'm listen, it was just habits. It was routines. Right. Cause remember your habits. Here's what's interesting. They will create you or they will, they will be the things that destroy you. Yeah. Yeah. Because over time, the consistency will compound on the negative and the consistency mm -hmm. will compound on the positive. And so you want to just build habits and you, and it'd be super intentional about saying, listen, I'm going to intentionally build my life to where my habits and routines, the things that I fall back on, the things that I do even on by default are, are positive and they're, they're like serving me versus the things that I'm doing are like, you know, they're, they're, uh, you know, tearing me down and making me a worse person. No, I, I completely agree. And, you know, I've, I've struggled with maintaining a solid exercise routine. You know, I, I've, I probably one of the last things of, of me getting all my life together was the exercise. And now I treat it like brushing my teeth. Yes. It's just something yes. you've got to do a couple of times yes. a day and, and it's, it's just there. Yes. And, um, you know, it's, it's a walk in the, in the evening at the park, it's getting out and moving about the house. But man, if, if you don't, especially guys, as you start getting into your forties, that the weight just, uh, it goes on. No question. And, uh, like, uh, and, and you in, in the shape you're in and, 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 the, the, the age bracket you're in, I mean, it's, it's a phenomenal condition. You're in the top half of a half of a percent, you know? Yeah. Again, it, uh, you, you, you're saying it exactly right. By the way, I would encourage people to work out more. You work out more for your brain than your biceps. So it's great to be oh, in yeah. great physical shape, but man, it is, it is imperative for your mental shape, you know, for keeping yourself sharp, keeping yourself in a good, healthy, like emotional, mm -hmm. like healthy space, mental health. And the confidence uh, as well. No question. And by the way, it's the routines. You're doing hard stuff. When, when you do, I believe it was Les Brown that originally said it, but he says, if you do what's easy, your life will be hard. If you do what's hard, mm -hmm. your life will be easy. And the idea is to do hard things. It's hard to wake up and go, you know, not just sit there and lay in your, in your bed. It's hard. Well, that <laughs> gives is. you confidence. Yeah. You build, you build confidence in yourself and the foundation of success is believing in yourself. You start saying, Hey, I keep these commitments I make to myself. And then you start st stacking those. That's where the momentum comes from. Correct. I mean, my number one core value is we we show up on time. We say what we're going to do. Well, we do what we're going. We do what we say we're going to do. And if you make that promise to yourself, like I don't want to get out of bed every morning. It's quite warm in my bed, and I, I like it in there. But man, getting up and going, and by the time I get home, and it's it's almost six o'clock, and I've got my coffee and my book, and I'm reading, and I'm putting that positivity in my head for the day. Things just they always seem to go well. You know, that's right. And, I love it, that. It all starts with that uh, that exercise. I think that came from Miracle Morning. Uh, was it Hal Elrond mm -hmm. uh, that, that did that? I think that's where I started getting my mornings together. Um, but yeah, I didn't have it together for for many many years. Justin, we are coming up on the the limits of our time, and you've been just wonderful in in pouring out into the audience. And, and I know this is a a quick podcast. Um, thank you for coming and hanging out. Is there anything that you've got coming up, any events or any anything that you'd like to talk about and uh, put out to the audience? I know you've got a live event sometime at, towards the end of August. Yeah. Um, 
was just wondering if there was anything there that you wanted to uh, to talk yeah, about. Yeah, so I'm doing a, a, a live event uh, in Provo, Utah. So it's about 30 minutes south of Salt Lake City on mm-hmm. August 19th. This will be this will be a life changing event for you, for your business, the whole thing. Uh, would would love to have you know have your 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 people there. Uh, in addition to that, that event will be the beginning of the of the pre-launch for the book. So the book launches officially in September. Nice. But man, I'm super fired up about kind of the movement I feel like we can create to serve people, help people, help people to recognize their true identity, recognize who they really are, recognize how to be the one, you know, the tactical, tangible, like steps to take to 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 create and and design and live an extraordinary life. And so uh, you know, would would love to have you guys there. And, you know, I look forward to continue to, you know, add value to your audience and to to serve to serve people that are are looking to be that person in in you know in their life and be the one for their you know future generations as well. Man, thank you. And and for those of us uh listening, where can they follow you on social media? Yeah. So uh it's either Justin Prince or I am Justin Prince across basically all platforms. So uh, you know, I put out a ton of free content, a ton of free videos, a ton of, you know, f- information. One of the, pro- I made two promises when I was struggling, driving down the freeway once, tears <laughs> coming down my eyes, I'm about ready to quit. I'm like, gosh, dang it. And I remember having this conversation with myself, but really it's having a conversation with God. I was like having this, mm-hmm. like, this like moment. And I remember thinking to myself, if I ever become successful, I promise that I would never forget what it felt like to struggle because, you know, it's one thing when you're in it, but then, you know, the time and distance goes across and you, you forget the the pit you have in your stomach or the lump in your throat. And then the second thing is I promised that I would do everything that I could do. I would wear myself out helping other people to achieve their dreams and their goals. And that's really what I've, I've you know, tried to keep that promise as I become more successful and more financially free and financially independent. I've tried to say, how can I serve other people to help them to achieve these right now? What are things that are only in their minds? You know, they're only dreams right now. Right, right. And that's a, a manifestation of that to me is, is the, is the book and the, you know, the work that I do to, to see if I can inspire, you know, your audience and just that next generation of entrepreneurs. That's, that's what it's all about, my friend. <laughs> Thank you so much, Justin, for coming on the show. I really appreciate you having here. Uh, and I know the audience is going to appreciate this episode. So thank you for coming and sharing with us. Well, brother, honor to be on with you, man. Appreciate you inviting me. Dude, thank you. All right, guys, that was Justin Prince. Please do me a favor and do yourselves a favor. Run over and check out his socials. Subscribe to his YouTube and his TikTok because he is always dropping stuff and it is incredible value. Uh, I do spend a little bit too much time on there myself. Uh, go check out his stuff. If you've liked the show, leave a review. And as always, I'll see you later this week for Friday Fire. All right, you'll be good. This has been the Small Business Surgeon Podcast. If you've made it this far, you clearly like it. So go on iTunes and leave us a five-star review. This helps people find the show and spread the good word. Share with friends and follow us at Small Business Surgeon on Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll see you for your follow-up next week.